Hey gang, this is Coach Phil Houston of the Four Pillar Fitness Podcast and Show. Uh, welcome aboard today. Uh, today's episode is called Sleep More or Die Fat and Weak. Um, and I want to talk a little bit with you guys about sleep and fitness and health and all the other good stuff. There's some pretty amazing information out there and more stuff being found every single day. And we're going to dive right into that uh, in just a second. Real quickly, if you're listening to us on, on iTunes, um, which do me a favor, just go ahead and drop us a five-star rating so that other people who are looking for podcasts that might provide them some quality fitness information, health information, um, can come and find us and, and check us out, okay? Thanks very much. I appreciate that. And let's dive right in here. So let's talk about sleep, right? Most people don't get enough. Um, you know, it's always been advised that you get eight to 10 hours, seven to nine hours. You hear different different numbers thrown around, but I think um, safely speaking, Seven to nine hours seems to be a legitimate and reasonable amount of sleep for most people to get um, to get to see some really good health benefits. Okay, so if you're not getting enough sleep, you're losing sleep. It makes a whole lot of bad stuff happen to your body. Um, Some kind of bad, some really crappy. Let's start with the basics, though. When you're sleep deprived, it's kind of like being drunk. You're low energy. Your emotions suck. Um, and you, you tend to make some pretty bad choices, you know, like picking a fight with some guy in the corner of the bar, maybe giving your phone number to a stalker. Uh, but hey, we're talking about you here, not some guy I know. Um, lack of sleep actually changes the way your brain works. And this is what's really interesting. It dulls activity in the frontal lobe of the brain. You know, that's where you make decisions and keep control of yourself. Not to mention that sleep deprivation increases the stimulation from food in the reward centers of the brain. So you're looking for dopamine. And one of the ways you get it is through food stimulation. So stuff that you you think you would like. What what happens, though, is it increases your desire for high calorie, high carb and high fat foods in order to meet that reward need. Okay, that dopamine need. So suddenly that ice cream sundae with the melted butter on top and a side of French fries looks really, really good. Um, And then you wake up the next morning and realize that, you know, that was a terrible idea. Um, In one study, 12 men were only allowed four hours of sleep. Their calorie intake went up by 22% and their fat intake almost doubled when compared to when they had eight hours of sleep. So there's a a pretty good uh, indication that, um, you know, the the appetite increases in ways that are really not healthy, right? So you're not just hungry for better food. You're hungry for stuff that's going to satisfy that reward center. But it's not just that you're making bad decisions because your brain's messed up. There's chemistry at work, too. Biochemistry, that is. Uh, sleep messes with your hunger hormones. Increased appetite that most sleep-deprived people report most likely has to do with the two big hunger hormones, ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N, and leptin, L-E-P-T-I-N. Ghrelin is the hormone that says, hey, let's eat. It's released in the stomach with a direct hotline to the brain. Levels rise when the stomach is empty and they fall after you eat. And uh, that's that's how you can regulate things, right? Leptin is ghrelin's opposite and completes the cycle by signaling fullness to the brain. It completes the ghrelin-leptin cycle, kind of Jerry Maguire style, you know, you complete me. With sleep deprivation, the body makes more ghrelin and not enough leptin. This likely has a connection to elevated cortisol levels, which also occurred during sleep deprivation. And the brain's perception that added fuel will be needed to compensate for a lack of rest and recovery. There was a study done of over a thousand people, and they found that the sleep deprived had 14.9% higher ghrelin levels and 15.5% lower leptin levels. Those are almost identical, and they make a lot of sense in the way the hormonal system works. Anyone who has ever tried to lose weight and get in shape already knows that when your appetite's roaring, 
managing that food intake gets real tough real fast. If that's not enough to get you to sleep more, here's a little something from the Annals of Internal Medicine. Two groups of people were fed the exact same diet over a series of, uh, series of days and nights. Uh, one group got adequate sleep and the other had their sleep cut back on. Adequate rest groups saw half the weight they lost come from body fat. The sleep-deprived group saw that amount cut by 55%. So they were starting to lose more muscle um, or the weight they did lose because they lost less weight. But the way they did lose came largely from muscle, not from fat. And that's not what we want. We want you to lose body fat when you're losing weight because that's going to make you look leaner and keep your, uh, retain your uh, muscle mass and give you a better chance to burn fat in the future when you want to do it again. Um, University of Chicago researchers coined the phrase metabolic grogginess. After just four nights of bad sleep, your metabolism can slow because the hormones regulating your fat cells suffer. So after four nights, your insulin sensitivity drops by, by more than 30%. So without adequate sleep, you become insulin resistant. When you're insulin resistant, your body does a terrible job processing li lipids and fatty acids in the bloodstream. So it just stores it as fat. Um, not enough yet for you to go get some sleep? Hey, here's some more. Too little sleep triggers cortisol spikes. We, talked, we mentioned this a few minutes ago. Cortisol is a critical hormone for certain things like giving you the immediate jolt of energy to either run or from or fight the saber-toothed tiger or your screaming idiot boss, either one. And in the modern world, by the way, your brain doesn't know the difference between a saber-toothed tiger and your boss who wants you to stay late and work extra time. You don't want to stay. Um, you really can't tell the difference. Chronic stress has become predator stress. Social stress has become predator stress. I'm going to talk a little bit about this at EFPS in September. Looking forward to covering some of that with you guys. You guys are going to be there. Um, but again, Cortisol is critical for that fight or flight response, but what it's not critical for is chronically remaining in the bloodstream because it does a very poor job of managing fat and, and uh, energy uh, reserves in the blood or energy flow in the blood. Um, it causes problems in the bloodstream. For this discussion, the one thing we're concerned about is the fact that, that it signals the body to conserve energy for use while you're awake, and that translates to your body holding on to body fat. So uh, are you fluffing those pillows yet? No? All right. Well, like the old TV ad said, but wait, there's more. Sleep deprivation may lower your resting metabolic rate. Um, in, one in one study we, that I read, 15 men had their RMR measured, that's resting metabolic rate. They were kept awake for 15 hours. When their RMR was remeasured, it was 5% lower. So they, they were kept awake overnight and their RMR was, was remeasured. It was 5% lower. Their metabolic rate after eating was also 20% lower. That's a big deal. RMR is the measure of all the calories that you burn. Your resting metabolic rate is the measure of all the calories that you burn without having to exercise or move around. And if your metabolic rate falls after you're eating, you're way more likely to store food energy as body fat. And there's even, I even have a little bit more about this for you, right? So Turns out the sleep deprivation may also work on your genes to make you fatter. So not the, not the genes you're wearing, the DNA ones, you know, the ones in your body. Um, a study in Sweden tested 15 otherwise healthy people of normal weight. They were each given the same amount of food and did the same amount of activity over a two-night period. Each person got one full night of sleep and then one night a week, awake, all night, no sleep at all. They tested subcutaneous fat, so the fat under the skin, and skeletal muscle tissue samples from each of them after that, that each night. 
Blood samples were also used to check blood sugar, amino acids, fatty acids, and some other metabolites. What they were looking for is to see if DNA methylation had occurred. Um, DNA methylation is a complex process, but what it really is, it's an indicator um, that specific genes have been expressed or, or turned on or off. So when you have gene expression, um, it's when a gene does this thing in your body or doesn't, okay? Um, and they were looking, DNA methylation is a, is a uh, leftover sort of a, a trailing marker for that, if you will. They discovered that the genes regulating metabolism, muscle mass, and fat gain or loss were negatively affected by losing just one night of sleep. Let me just say that again. They discovered in these 15 people in Sweden that after losing one night of sleep, your genes were being negatively affected. I'm sorry, the genes negatively affected the genes that regulate metabolism, muscle mass, and fat gain or loss after just one night of sleep. Okay. Yikes. I mean, that's all I can say about that. So there's a couple of reasons to make sure you get enough sleep. I'm going to give you just hit on a couple of really big ones here. Sleep's anabolic, right? So if you're trying to gain muscle and lose body fat, you want to be in a state of anabolism, not catabolism. Catabolism is muscles being stripped for, for energy. That's what cortisol does in a fight or flight response. Anabolism is when your body is adding muscle mass, it's making you bigger and stronger. And anabolism is a cool thing. Bodybuilders like to talk about, you know, being anabolic and this, that, and the other thing. Um, but Anabolism is an important process. It's when muscles being re repaired, your body's repairing itself. There's a reason that newborns sleep so much, right? They're soaking in the wonders of growth hormone or GH as it were. Um, since babies are in a constant state of rebuilding, it's like they're constantly in a state of anabolism. Um, they're growing so fast. They need growth hormone like crazy and sleep jacks up their G GH so they can get baby jacked, right? So you, just, you can just see them growing and getting bigger and stronger. Um, you're not a newborn, but you still need your growth hormone and sleeping is the best way to crank it up. Unfortunately, the occasional catnap is not going to cut it. So if you're like a, if you're like me and you're a car sleeper, if my wife's driving, I'm out in a matter of minutes, I can just sleep. I don't know why I just do, but you need to sleep seven to nine hours a night to even hope to get your sleepy time growth hormone. Um, so get, get that sleep in guys, get it done. Sleep makes you a better athlete too. This is really, this is a really cool study. Stanford university tracked the basketball team, and they found something pretty remarkable here. The team added two hours a night to their sleep totals over several months. And what they found was their average speed increased 5%. To have your speed increase by 5% is a huge gain. They also found their free throw accuracy, accuracy improved by 9%. I'm sure the coach was thrilled about that. Uh, I'm not throwing bricks up every time they get to the free throw line. Um, their reflex speed improved and they felt happier. That was self-reported, of course, but they felt happier over that time. So getting an extra two hours of sleep at night is a big deal. And those are college students. On top of all of that, sleep just makes you feel better. OK, your energy levels will be higher. Um, you'll be more alert and you're less likely to be an a-hole to the people around you. Less likely, but you never know. Um, so how do you ensure you're getting sound, restful sleep? This is a really big question. And my clients ask me this all the time. Like, how do I, you know, how do I get better sleep? What do I do? Um, well, assuming you're not a vampire or a werewolf and you don't have a problem like circadian rhythm disruption, which is a big deal, and, or sleep apnea, which, you, you know, we see advertised stuff advertised for that all over the place. Try these things. Um, these are pretty simple. Number one, shut down your computer, your cell phone, your TV at least an hour before you hit the sack. Um, that's a pretty good piece of advice. And is this stuff, here's, some of this is right out of WebMD. Some of it's out of some other sources. But this is pretty basic stuff. And some of this is stuff that I do as well, right? Um, save your bedroom for sleep and, you know, that other stuff you like to do in the bedroom. Um, 
well, that's not TV watching and work, right? Think relaxation and release rather than work or entertainment. That's a really important way to look at your bedroom. Create a bedtime ritual. It's not, it's not the time to tackle your big issues, right? It's not time to have a deep discussion with somebody or, or plan the next day's activities. You should have that done already. Um, take a warm bath or a warm shower. Meditate a little bit. Maybe read and not your phone. Don't read on your Kindle because blue light has a negative effect on sleep. And that's coming out of your, out of your phone or your Kindle, even if it's got a blue light filter on it. There's still some getting away from it. Um, stick to a schedule. You know, waking up and going to bed at the same time every day has a huge positive impact on sleep patterns and the quality of your sleep. And that's true on weekends as well. Watch what and when you eat. That's a really big one, right? Avoiding a heavy meal um, or alcohol close to bedtime. And I, I got to admit, I, that's not me sometimes, but um, it may cause the food and alcohol close to bedtime might cause heartburn, make it hard to fall asleep. And avoid soda and tea, um, coffee and chocolate later in the day. Um, depending on who you listen to, it might be after 2 p.m., it might be after 5 p.m. Listen, for me, I can have a cup of coffee at 4 or 5 in the afternoon, and I'm probably going to be okay going to sleep, and I'm probably going to get a good night's sleep. But I'm different. You know, I'm, that's me. You have to kind of look at yourself and decide what works for you. And if 2 p.m. is your measure, 3 p.m., 4 p.m., maybe 6 p.m., um, caffeine can stay in your system for five to six hours. So if your bedtime is 11 o'clock, you might want to think about not drinking any caffeinated beverages after, say, 5 o'clock just to be safe um, and turn the lights out. Darkness cues your body to release the natural sleep hormone melatonin um, and light suppresses it. Okay. So if you have, if you don't have your windows covered in your bedroom or you don't have enough darkening in your bedroom, or you live in an area like in a city where you got a lot of light going on all night, you might want to find a way to make your room a little bit darker. Um, you could do the, you know, the, the Mrs. Thurston Howell thing and Thurston Howell thing and put the, the little eye covers on when you go to bed at night. I'm not real comfortable like that. I don't sleep well when I do that. If you do, that's great. And I re certainly recommend that. Um, so what I've tried to lay out here for you guys is just some, some things that can go wrong when you don't get enough sleep, some pretty solid reasons to get good sleep and some pretty good, I think, I hope, useful um, tips for getting good sleep. And if you're struggling with any of this stuff and you need, and you need help with this stuff, always reach out to me. Um, you can reach me at, at coachphilhouston at gmail.com is my email address. Um, you can reach out to me through the show on anchor.fm. Um, and you can also reach out to me through my website, coachphilhouston.com. Um, this has been the Four Pillars Fitness Podcast, and I thank you for being with me today. Um, I hope, like I said, I hope this was useful. Um, catch me on Instagram as well, coachphilhouston, um, coachphilhouston.com, and also on Facebook at Phil Houston. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time.